as far north as Marauder's Arch, as far south as Booty Isle, as far east as Ruby's Fall, and as far west as Mermaid's Hideaway, Pirate Talk Radio proudly presents the most in-your-face Sea of Thieves podcast on the waves, and now broadcasting from his mother's basement, the biggest idiot to ever pick up a cutlass, your host, Davram! Welcome back, guys, to Pirate Talk Radio. This is episode 118, and I hope everyone is enjoying Community Weekend. Yes, yes, we are now finally at Season 9's Community Weekend after I feel like this season has literally gone on for a year, pretty close. Uh, Just under a year, I think we're at, what, nine months once it kicks over? Uh, so pretty close to a one-year season. Um, obviously, I, I think uh, as as most listeners and most players would agree, uh, um, it's it's finally time to put season nine uh, to bed. Uh, unfortunately, season nine um, was supposed to be the season of fixing things, cleaning things up, and I don't. I really have to think about this, um, but. It's. I feel like the game is in a worse state now than when season nine first started. Um, I think there's some things that got cleaned up, but a lot of the a lot of the annoying uh, bugs and issues, uh, which they started off strong trying to address, bucket reg, um, some some hit reg things, some server stability things. Um, Silent boarding, you know, just some just some overarching, annoying uh, bugs and things. I, I think some of them um, have have been OK, uh, but in general, the fixes that made season nine feel really good in the very beginning feel like they are finally getting on top of some of these issues are now feeling, quite frankly, like they're falling apart again. Um, silent boarding's back. Bucket reg is back. Hick reg is as all time bad right now. Um, food reg is, is there, um, just, just not good. Um, now what I will say, and we'll get into community weekend first, and then we're going to talk about the, uh, the latest tall tale, the lair of LeChuck, which I've got some, uh, uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, we'll save that till the end. If you haven't played the most recent tall tale or haven't played any of the tall tales, I will let you know when we get into that conversation. So in case you don't want any sort of, uh, spoilers or anything like that, but let's first talk about community weekend. So by the time this episode goes out to everyone, unless you're a patron community weekend is probably going to be in our past. Now community weekend has always been something that I, really enjoy. Um, I enjoy streaming it. I enjoy getting in there and playing with folks, actually setting aside time in my schedule uh, to sit down and play with friends um, and just really doing whatever. Um, so on on our, our Saturday sale, we did some merchant stuff. We did some Reaper stuff. We did some PvP stuff. Uh, we attempted a pop-up plunder uh, and got that, although we'll talk about pop-up plunder and that horrific s- system um, in a minute. Um, but it was just fun. I, I had a lot of fun. Um, I believe when we started playing until the time I j- just couldn't sit 
staring at a login screen um, was about five hours of a, of a good play session, which for most people is a very long time. For most players, that's a very long time. Um, most players, I don't think, would you know, go five hours. Um, but, you know, on community weekends, you know, we've got a, a lot of folks who do go five, 10, 12 plus hours. I think uh, behaving beardly when I went to bed last night was over 14 hours um, streaming. So um, a lot of people do go way overboard when it comes to playing the game on uh, on a weekend like this, when you've got the multipliers and things like that, you want to get some stuff done. And that's uh, that's really cool. Now, um, why did I log off? I didn't want to log off. I was having a lot of fun, but unfortunately the server started to crumble. Um, lots of lag, lots of rebounding, lots. I mean, my cannonballs, when you fired them, looked like someone was carrying the cannonball all the way to the ship. It had this, like it's in someone's hand, carrying it all the way to the ship. Uh, cannons weren't working where you fired the cannon and, and literally it just shot you straight down into the water instead of shot you out. Um, you know, lots of rubber banding issues, lots of crashes. Um, and what eventually did happen was the servers literally just blew up, um, where it got to a point where if you were in a game session, it was probably going to be laggy. It was probably going to be bad, but if you left or got kicked out of that game session, you weren't getting back in. Um, and from the time I logged off until the time that I saw, um, the, Hey, we fixed this. It was about an hour to two hours that it took them to resolve this. Now, one thing I do want to call out, and and I know Rare, um, I was in the Discord, the official Sea of Thieves Discord, just watching it just roll with people, you know, making fun of Rare, uh, people just trashing Rare, et cetera, et cetera. Do I think Rare has a part to play in making sure their servers are stable? Yes. And the part that they need to play is making sure their code is efficient um, so it doesn't bog down and blow up servers. However, Rare does not maintain these servers. Rare does not own these servers. These servers are Xbox. These servers are Microsoft. So when we have server issues that basically take the game down for a majority of players, that's not necessarily 100% rare. I would say a very small percentage of it is actually rare. Now, I think if they would you know, do what they need to do and actually clean up their code and get their code to a more efficient state, um, make their code work better on the servers. I think this would be lessened. However, these are still Microsoft servers. Um, and that's ultimately what the fail failure lied with yesterday. Now, Every community weekend has had some period of time where the servers just decide to die. So this isn't anything new. And quite frankly, the community weekends since the first one have been much better and progressively get better as far as server stability. I remember back on the first one, and I remember many a times where the servers basically shit the bed and you've got hours upon hours where you're not able to play during some sort of an event. The fact that these servers still allowed players to play and more so were resolved in a relatively quick timetable. I mean, you're talking about a matter of two hours, let's say. You, we, we've been having issues in Destiny 2 where the game's been unplayable for days. We've had those issues in Sea of Thieves. So kudos to the Microsoft team and the Rare team to get on top of the server issues to to minimize the impact of the server 
shitting the bed during community day. Um, I was, I, although I, if you've noticed, if you follow me on Twitter, you notice I haven't been posting Twitter uh, to Twitter a whole lot. I've been trying to avoid a lot of social media. I, I just feel like the overall feel of social media is just getting to a point where I am going to be spending more of my time blocking, um, reporting, and silencing accounts on those platforms that it's just, it's just too much. I've got other things. I've got more important things to do. Um, so again, if you want to reach out to me, my DMS on Twitter are always open for folks who are following and stuff like that. I have my email box, which I check daily. Uh, the discord is always available and I'm in there daily. You know, there's many ways that people can reach out to me. Unfortunately, Twitter is a platform or X is a platform that I'm trying to just remove myself from. I don't think it's in a good state. And I honestly think a lot of the, the issues with social media are people are keyboard warriors. And, and unfortunately, though I'm a big boy and I've got thick skin and nothing I really see on social media really affects me too much. As far as me personally, someone can attack me however they want. I don't really care. Um, I know who I am. The people who I care about know who I am, but just the constant barrage and hate and angriness that you see everywhere from politics to gaming to just people being evil to each other um, through tech is just it's it just baffles me and it just really just really puts me in a in a down mood. So I've just been trying to avoid social media in general. Um, I have been posting some pictures on the patron and some pictures on the Instagram of, of some Renaissance fairs that I've went to um, recently. Um, but aside from that, I've, I've just kind of been an observer. Uh, it's easier for me to observe and just quickly scroll. And if I get annoyed, I just close it out and then I don't have to, you know, Back in the day here, let's, let's take, let's, let's take a moment here and to have some story time with Davram back in the day, probably 20 years ago, um, when social media was really starting to ramp up, I was very engaged in social media. I, I helped, um, uh, Best Buy develop some social media tools and platforms in order for us to help customers, uh, back in the day, um, and, and provide free troubleshooting and things like that. I love social media, but I had a problem back in the day. I was young, I was dumb, and I was always looking for a fight. So when I would see someone post something hateful, something ignorant, something not fact-based, I would immediately engage in a conversation with them in the thoughts that I'm going to prove to them that they're wrong and more so that to, to educate them. And what I quickly learned after many wasted hours, many, many tens of wasted of hours, maybe even hundreds of wasted hours arguing with people on Twitter and Facebook and all these platforms, Reddit. I, I just realized that someone, regardless of their intelligence, regardless of their research in what they're actually talking about, they're going to say whatever they want to say. And it doesn't matter if you provide them citations, if you provide them pictures, if you provide them live video of what you're talking about, it's not going to change their opinion. So I just got to a point where I'm just I just slowly pulled myself out of those engagements. And the only time I will have engagements like that is with people face to face, because ultimately I've had conversations with people on social media 
And then I have similar conversations with them in face to face. And it's very, very different when people actually have to look in the eyes, look you in the eyes in person and tell you a bold face bullshit lie. That's not fact based. So I got into the habit of just kind of ignoring that stuff, but anymore it's constant. It is absolutely constant and pulling it back to sea of thieves. Quite frankly, recently there has been a lot of just wrong, mean, and nasty Sea of Thieves comments on Twitter. And I'm just kind of over it. So I don't know if I will ever return to Twitter in the way or X in the way that I used to engage posting things. I, I have no interest in it right now. And I quite frankly, it might, I don't think I'll uninstall it from my phone because I do uh, want to have that as an option for people to reach out to me um, if they have a comment or something and that's their preferred method. But as far as engaging in things like that, I'm, I'm just going to avoid it. Um, but <sighs> We players of Sea of Thieves come in all different shapes, sizes, and varieties. And though I'm oftentimes viewed as an asshole and I yell at Rare all the time, I enjoy the community of Sea of Thieves because I feel that the majority of the community are good people who want to help each other and enjoy and have fun in the game, make new friends, play with their existing friends. I full heartedly believe that. And if there's any point that I don't believe that, well, then maybe we should rethink about how, you know, the community is, and maybe I'll rethink about considering myself part of the community. But as of right now, I really do feel that the community of sea of thieves is one of the best overall gaming communities out there. There's obviously the people on either end that are very loud, you know, we want private servers, you know, there's, we got safer seas. We want, you know, uh, uh, PVP and only PVP and take all this PVE stuff out. We've got those players, but the majority of players across the middle and all the players that I've ever met in person at conventions at sea at these fest at fest of legends have been absolutely outstanding, which is why I always like to make sure that I chalk off time to do community, um, weekends. And I've participated in every single one of them in some way, shape or form. And in fact, I might, um, based on my schedule here on, on Sunday at the time of recording might hop back onto and do another stream. Uh, if I've got some folks who want to play, um, because I did have a lot of fun and I'm, it, it sucks that the servers kind of, uh, gave me the middle finger and I wasn't able to get back in along with uh, a big bad pad who was on our crew as well. But it, it is what it is. And we got through it. And like I said, that's not necessarily completely a rare issue. Uh, it's a Microsoft issue. So, um, I think rare has things they can do, as I've said, but, um, I, I think overall it's, it's Microsoft needs to really think about how their system of rolling up and supporting their servers, uh, the Azure platform, um, goes there, there's a reason that in every business that I have been in that uses cloud-based servers, it's always Azure versus AWS or Amazon web services. And those are the two big competitors that have been in this market for a while. And every business I have been part of, no matter how successful they are or how struggling they are, have always went with AWS. I, I, I have not been in a lot of those discussions, but I know talking to the people who do make those discussions, directors and vice presidents of companies, it always comes down to AWS just offers a more strong, um, scaling and supporting, um, platform of cloud-based computing than, um, Azure does. And, and we know, we know Azure is Microsoft. 
Rare is an Xbox studio, which is owned by Microsoft. So 100% they're on Azure servers. So there you go. Uh, again, I don't know the technical side. I am not a server person, but servers are held by Microsoft. They shit the bed yesterday. That is a Microsoft issue. Rare could adjust their code, but I think it's Microsoft 80% of that issue. So let's talk about some of the highlights, I will say, of Community Weekend. It was really fun. We had a lot of fun sailing around. I haven't done merchant stuff for a while. Now, when I say merchant stuff, <coughs> we were actually doing world events uh, just with the merchant flag up. And then we did a couple deliveries with the emissary quest. That's when I say merchant stuff. That's about all the merchant stuff I can tolerate. Uh, don't make me deliver animals. It's it's not going to be an enjoyable experience for anyone involved. Um, I liked the idea that they kind of changed up how we graded up the emissary value. First off, they made it so every streamer who was on uh, Twitch, which again, I don't stream on Twitch anymore. I stream on YouTube. Um, just personal preference. But they made it so every streamer could get drops. And on a community day, I think that's how it should be. I wish they would do this more often. I wish they would do this um, more than just on community days, but giving every single streamer and their viewers the ability to get drops is absolutely fantastic to show rare support in the community. The other thing I liked about this was there were some new drops, right? We had the, um, the gilded Phoenix eye of reach and the gilded Phoenix cutlass along with the bejeweled gloves, I think are new. And also the, uh, sturdy boots, uh, from the Eastern winds Ruby set. I believe those were also new. So the fact that there were new cool cosmetics that we hadn't seen before available for every one and the caveat of if if we have enough viewer hours we rank up the emissary flag now in the past it was all about using what hashtag be more pirate or hashtag community day that's how we we leveled it up so we had to use twitter we had to use social media in order to level it up this was all about bringing people's eyes onto Sea of Thieves. This was all about bringing support through viewership to the streamers. And the nice part about that is, of course, the big boys, Pace, Boxy, you know, Kabobbles, Beardageddon, uh, Behaving Beardly, the list goes on and on. Those folks are going to see a giant bump in their, the, their numbers. It always happens. But there's also small streamers, medium-sized streamers, that now they have that opportunity to shine and help with that emissary grade bumping. So if, if you just pop on to watch a, a streamer just to get the drops and you have to go to a partner, so be it. But if you have a favorite person, <clears throat> a friend, a family member, or a favorite streamer who's not a partner, now you have the ability to not only help the community level up their emissary value for the bigger and better rewards, but you're also now able to support your friend, your, your family member, or your favorite streamer um, and not have to be shoehorned to the partners that you might not enjoy as much. Now comes the big question mark to me. As of this morning, Rare announced that the Obsidian Rug and the Obsidian Ship Crest to be released at a later date have been unlocked. 
That's exciting. So the, the, the criteria to have them unlocked was see if thieves had to reach the top 10 in game categories on Twitch. Now, when they announced the congratulations to the community that the obsidian rug and uh, crest were now unlocked, I was skeptical and here's why. At peak times yesterday, when both EU and NA are online, the highest Sea of Thieves got was number 11. It was usually in the 20 to 16, 15 range most of the day, but it did get up to 11. Now, there are many, many websites out there that track games on Twitch. And I can't for sure say because none of them will tell you, like, if I if I wanted to say at a specific time, oh, that's bright, a specific time at a specific day where this particular um, game hit, I don't know if there's a website out there. But I've went out to Twitch metrics. I've went out to a whole bunch of websites. And it's clear that the community weekend search for the Obsidian ship stuff did pay off. So Twitch averages for Sea of Thieves for the month of September, they average 4,238 viewers. That is the average over the course of September um, for Twitch uh, viewers of Sea of Thieves. It averages it averages um, around 40 uh, live uh, channels uh, on, on it which makes it the 68th most streamed game or 64th most popular game on Twitch. Now, 4,238 average viewers over the course of September. And if you look at the metrics, it's it's a relatively even line, right? You see the little bumps um, when different streamers hop on, hop off. You see the little bumps, but it's overall a steady line. That 4,000 is a pretty steady line. Community weekend, Saturday, Sea of Thieves peaked at 48,000 viewers on Twitch. 48,159 viewers. That was the peak. That is a massive increase from the average (coughs) that we see on Twitch. And that's really good. (laughs) That is a huge kudos. That is a huge kudos to the idea of utilizing uh, Twitch as a level up system in order to both bring new viewers in order to help their streamers uh, buff their numbers, help new streamers get recognized. It's, it's an absolutely outstanding idea. And I really thought this was a great idea. Um, for rare to do for this community weekend. I thought it was great. Um, now I was concerned, um, about hitting top 10 and I have yet to see a screenshot and I have yet to see the time of day or statistics around when they hit the top 10. So yes, I'm going to be skeptical because I was watching it very closely. And I was also watching the, um, you know, social media. I was watching in the discord 
And at no point did I see anywhere that Sea of Thieves actually breached the top 10. I said in last episode that I personally thought that that was an unrealistic goal. Now, I want to see the data. I want to see a screenshot. I want to see proof that this actually happened. Because that would be outstanding if it actually happened. Absolutely freaking outstanding. And I I, I hate to be that guy who's always poo-pooing and no-knowing, but Rare has kind of made me that way in the fact that they don't like to release data. They don't like to provide statistics. They don't like to give us numbers. They just set something out there, say something out there. And then if it happens, boom, yeah, it happened. And that's what I kind of feel like here. Now let's not degrade the huge improvement in the sea of thieves viewership of going from an average of 4,000 viewers to 48,000 viewers peak during community weekend. Let's not poo poo that. That is absolutely outstanding work. I just think rare realized that what they set forth was too much. It was too much. And I heard, um, I heard, you know, rumors of, you know, people were begging shroud and other big streamers to pop over in order to get, um, enough viewers to unlock these things. I don't know if that happened. I went to bed. I was tired. Um, I had a long day yesterday. I had a fun day, but it was a long day and I had things to do. So I did not wait around, but I did see chatter and, and things like that. The people were begging some of these big streamers to hop over and play sea of thieves in order to hit this. So if you do have data out there, if you do have a screenshot out there of sea of thieves hitting, hitting the top 10, please shoot it to my email back box. Please drop it in the discord. Cause I would love to see it, but in, in all the things that I've seen and all the reports that I've seen from people who are watching it and from what I've seen and all the website statistics, the highest I see was rank 11, which is not 10, which means we shouldn't have unlocked this stuff. I'm happy we did, but I think this was a rare sat back and said, all right, we set the bar too high. We did not set the bar realistically. We gave them a challenge and they damn well raised to that challenge. They knocked it out of the park. They did a damn good job. Let's reward them. Even though they didn't hit that milestone, let's reward them because that was an absolutely incredible flood of support from the community to the Twitch streamers. So let's give it to them. I think that's what happened. And I'm perfectly fine with that because I said in the last episode, top 10 was unrealistic. In all honesty, I thought top 15 was unrealistic and top 11. Damn good job. The community came together. Damn good job. You know, enjoy that obsidian rug. Enjoy that crest. I hope you, you got your drops in and got those. Uh, mine's currently ticking up. I got 55% of my obsidian rug and crest. So I'm excited to get a hold of that. Cause y'all know how much I love that set, but I think the goal was unrealistic, but the community answered the call and blew that out of the water. A few other things that I noticed uh, during community day, 
I don't know if the community emissary flag, which was flying um, at the photo spots at the outpost, it looked like an emissary flag you have on your ship that grows based on the emissary value. Um, however, we were at emissary grade four before the servers took a shit. And even with a log out and a log back in, all of the flags that I saw were still only rank one. So maybe that wasn't supposed to level up. Maybe it wasn't supposed to be a bigger pennant. I think that would have been cool is to use the same logic you have on the ships that as the emissary value goes up for community weekend, that that ribbon gets longer and longer. I think that would have been a really cool in-game visual. Again, I, I saw them put that there. I saw it there, but I'm not sure if it was actually built to work or if it was just to look cool. I'm not quite sure. Uh, I, I hope, I hope it was built not to work and it, it functioned as intended. I'll never know. Um, but I think it would have been cool if they had that flag level up just like the flags, um, um, on our ships. Let's talk pop-up plunder. Oh, pop-up plunder. I got one. I did get a pop-up plunder. It was not easy by the way. Um, I liked the maps. I thought the maps were beautiful. I liked the puzzle that you kind of had to solve with the map. Here's the issue I have. It was on social media. I'm playing the game. I am playing the game. And, and many of my crew members, by the way, that's, I was, I had, uh, uh, on our server, it was my, uh, it was a galleon that we were sailing and there was another brigantine or a galleon that was also in the same voice channel just for us to hang out and chat. All of them said the same thing. And we were, we've all been long-term players. We, we like the, the middle of the road doing all the fun stuff, not just PVP, not just PVE. And we all said the same thing. I want to play the game. I don't want to sit here and have Twitter open on another monitor. I don't want to have to sit here and have notifications on Twitter on my phone in order to know what's going on in game. It's I don't. And I understand, like I've talked about before, the idea of engagement on social channels is very big for business, but come on. It's, it's just, if you wanted the plunder, the pop-up plunder to be an engaging and fun thing, you need to have it pop up in game. So when the pop-up plunder comes up, you get a map in your, in your inventory that you can look at right then it's going to drive more people there instead of them having to go over to Twitter and then look at, solve the map and then go back to the game. It's just silly. Keep things like this in game. In fact, there was a tab in game for pop-up plunder. But all it said was when you get the message for pop-up plunder, check the social medias and, and uh, no, come on. That was just bad. I know a lot of people engaged with it, uh, right? I won't say a lot of people. I saw few people engage with it, but when I pull up, uh, I, I don't, I left my phone upstairs, but when I, um, when I pulled up things like the pop-up plunder, there would be like 15 responses to it, 20 responses to it. Like that's not the engagement that you want to get, right? It's just not. Um, 
Furthermore, the pop-up plunder was way too RNG-based. For example, the pop-up plunder we went after was the Emissary Grade 4 pop-up plunder. Now, in Emissary Grade 3, um, we had reports of people getting um, um, Chest of Legends, um, uh, Chest of Fortunes. So we're like, hey, Grade 4 has to be good. It's a roar map, so maybe it's an Ashen uh, Athena. That would be super cool. Let's go find out. When we got over there and finally found the dig, which was, um, it was on, uh, Fletcher's rest, I think at the anchor shrine was where it was. So it was underground. Um, and we dug it up. It was a collector's chest, which automatically kind of put us in a bad mood because we knew whatever was in that chest was not worth the time that we took to get over there. It was definitely not worth uh, a chest of legends and or uh, a, a chest of fortune, unless inside of it was three uh, ashen wind skulls. It was not three ashen wind skulls. We opened the collector's chest to three tomes of fire, tome one, tome two, and tome three. The rage that ensued from our team was absolutely ridiculous. Like, out to the roar, emissary grade four pop-up plunder, and it was three tomes of fire. That's ridiculous. They should have standardized the loot. So, first pop-up plunder at, at emissary grade one or whenever the first one went off, Make it a captain's chest. Make it worth something. Then at pop-up grade two, you could make it a stronghold chest. Make it worth a little bit more. Pop-up grade three could be a chest of legends. Pop-up grade four could have been chest of fortune. Pop-up grade five, box of wondrous secrets, which is what pop-up grade five seems to be. I saw a lot of pictures of wondrous secrets. I had a couple of friends of mine DM me that that's what they got. So it sounds like pop-up grade five was a box of wondrous secrets, but the fact that it was a dice roll and it was a randomly assigned piece of loot that was very depressing to me because not only at pop-up grade four was the map in the roar. So you had to sail over to the roar, the treacherous roar, but also it was on a Island that had multiple levels. And unlike their in-game maps that have a circle or are marked, if something is underground, this was just, you know, find it with the coordinates and things like that. And that's all you got, which is fun, right? It's a treasure hunt. It's a fun pirate treasure hunt, but the amount of time it took us to work through the different levels of Fetcher's rest. Um, in fact, what we found out was, was really fun since you don't have a map of that Island in game, take a, a shit piece of loot, a storage crate or something and bury it near, uh, where you want to be. And it gives you a map, right? And then you can use that map and use the Twitter map in order to kind of find out where you want to go. And once we kind of got moved down and down and down, we eventually found it. But 
to open it up for three tomes of fire, that was just really bad. The RNG on the pop-up plunder really, in all honesty, made us stop even looking at pop-up plunder for the rest of the day. Didn't really care about it. Didn't It was just an annoying pop-up at that point. I ignored um, all the tweets that came out about it after that. I kind of just silenced my phone and put it off to the side because we all were in agreement. After spending that much time figuring out the map, figuring out the uh, dig spot, to, to, to just get, quite frankly, some of the worst loot in the game was just very, very disappointing um, and really did not excite us at all in order to continue doing pop-up plunder. So I think that was a big miss. Um, but overall, I, I liked that they tried some new things. I really liked that they tried some new things with this community weekend. I like how they push the streamers, the content creators. I, I like some of the ideas they did uh, with the viewership over the, uh, the, the hashtags. Again, I know they're going to continue to do stuff on social media, but come on, bring some of this stuff in game. So those folks who are against social media, the large number of your players who are not sitting there with their phone or a second monitor or whatever. What about Xbox players? What about people on Xbox who don't have Twitter on their phone or don't have a Twitter account or a Facebook account or an Instagram account? I'm sure it's a very low percentage of people, but what about those folks? Like, your game is on a system that doesn't have a secondary monitor for browsing social media. Are you expecting everyone to have a phone? Are you expecting everyone to have a, a iPad or a tablet or something like that? I know it's very rare in today's world that someone who is going to be gaming does not have those things, but come on, if this is a community event, all members of the community should equally have opportunity to, to partake in it with the game and the system that they're playing the game on period hard stop so if you want to give us maps give them right in game to our pirate or put them on the events tab stop making people jump out of the game to solve your stupid social media bullshit to get back in the game just stop doing it it's just Look, if you want people to post pictures for the funny blue hat or for the gloves, or you want to post pictures about community day and give them some sort of award or whatever for it, that's absolutely fine. But stop taking your actual gameplay and a feature of the event and putting it outside of the game that people then have to swap back and forth and back and forth. And I know there's probably people out there that are always on their phone or believe that everyone should have a phone or believes that everyone should be on Twitter nine, nine hours out of 10. Just stop it. Okay. Just stop it. All right. I have a very strong opinion about uh, uh, social media clearly. And I think people spend too much time on it. If you're playing a game and you have an in-game event, have the stuff all in game. Stop making people go outside, inside, outside, inside, outside, inside constantly in order to solve your stuff or your engagement of that particular feature is not going to be sought after. Like I said, we skipped pop-up plunder for grades one, two, and three. Cause we were doing other stuff. We're like, Hey, we've got a break. Let's go do grade four. And then from that point on pop-up plunder was just an annoying notification because the RNG loot just, and, and all that, it was just bad. No interest in that system whatsoever, unless it's changed and made better and brought inside the game 100%. <clears throat> but speaking of pop-up plunder, 
let's talk about our very own pop-up plunder who are not disappointing. And that is our patrons. Thank you very much to Skamelt666 Lane and Regis Stella for continuing their support to my content and to Pirate Talk Radio. I appreciate you guys very, very, very much. You guys are glorious and notorious, and thank you for that. If you would like to be a patron, it starts as low as $1 a month, but you can get things like holiday cards and signed trading cards and other fun things like that to join the patron. Go over to patreon.com slash TV and see which tier you want the swag from, and then you can sign up. If you are financially able to support, if not, please do continue to listen. And if you're not able to financially support what really, really helps comment, like share on the YouTube, share this with any of your sea of thieves community, share it with any of your friends who might be interested in sea of thieves, get this podcast out there in the hands of the masses. I would love you guys very, very much. You don't have to throw money at me. Just get out there and spread the word about pirate talk radio. I would be very appreciative. All right. For those of you who have not touched monkey Island, this would be the point where you want to hit pause. This would be the point where you would want to switch to another podcast. This would be the point where you would want to go watch another YouTube video because we are going to finish this show off talking about the legend of monkey Island, specifically the lair of LeChuck and the overall feeling of how this particular tall tale series went through. So if you're still listening after this warning, this is your fault, not mine. Don't send me hate mail because you're dumb and you didn't listen. Sorry. Be like the patrons, be smart and amazing, not dumb and ignorant. Okay. So I had the honor and the privilege to play through all of the legend of monkey islands, um, with some amazing people and some people that I call dear friends. And that was captain Logan of the Keelhaul podcast, dread pirate, Doug of race of legends and the amazing captain Carrillo. And we had an absolute blast playing through all three. Now, all three had a very different experience, but also the same experience at the same time. There were a lot of laughs. There were a lot of question marks. There were a lot of searching around wondering what the hell we're doing, but they captured the core of monkey Island. They captured the core of that franchise, the point and click solve the mystery with minimal clues. Um, feeling. I think they did an outstanding job from one, two, and three in order to capture the essence of Monkey Island. Were there issues? Yes, there were. Were there challenges? Absolutely. Do I think they could have reorganized this a little bit better and maybe made it into four um, and spread it out a little bit more? Yes, I do think so. But overall, their objective was to use um, Monkey Island's point click mystery puzzle system and bring it into Sea of Thieves in a Sea of Thieves way. And I think they executed that quite well. Um, as far as time commitment, I thought the first one um, was good. I thought the time commitment to complete the first one, it had a good story. It pushed you forward. Even if you struggled solving some of the puzzles, you could, you could still push forward and get that done in a relatively fast time or relatively, 
I guess, respectful time and not having to sit there for a while. Um, it was funny. All the voiceovers were absolutely amazing. The characters were characters that you remember and want to go back to meet and talk to and want to see again. As we got to the second one, again, I thought the puzzles were fine um, overall. I thought the engagement at the circus was a lot of fun with the little mini game and the parkour mini game. I thought that was lovely. I thought it was a nice touch. Again, voiceovers, absolutely outstanding. Now, what I will say, and unfortunately, this continues on to the Lair of LeChuck, the final installment, the entire retort slash insult sword fighting thing. That got really long, really tedious, and really monotonous. That was probably my least fun part of the entire thing. And unfortunately, it didn't just stay in uh, Tall Tale 2. It actually came over to Tall Tale 3 and, in my mind, ruined the ending of the third Tall Tale. Um, and we'll get to that in just a moment. Again, the voiceovers were great. We got to we got to be kind of guided around um, by the by um, um, the, the skull um, from the Pirates of the Caribbean tall tale where that character saw himself return um, again. Amazing characters, amazing moments. We had the uh, the beast, the parrot up in the uh, up in the, the cave. Just some really good, fun, memorable, funny moments. And again, playing with the crew was a lot of fun. They did introduce checkpoints into the second one, which I thought was important because even though we didn't struggle too much on the puzzles, it still took us a good three hours in order to com complete that. Um, and we didn't hundred percent it. We just completed it for the completion. Now we get to tall tale three, uh, the lair of LeChuck, the final installment, the finale, if you will, of this three part series. And very early on in this, I could very quickly tell that they rushed to finish this, that it was undercooked, that it wasn't completed, and they probably needed another month or two of development. I could tell that when they announced this and they were finishing up, you know, they were they were getting ready to release the first one. I could tell that they were still working on the third and things did not come together in time. Um, for the third one, it was not as good and polished. There were several bugs in this final one. Now, again, I don't want to poo poo on it too much because I had a lot of fun doing it. I loved the individual puzzles. I loved having to climb the rock and the new, uh, ladder system with the rocks are absolutely beautiful. I think it looks absolutely fantastic. We don't have just have wooden ladders everywhere, but we're actually scaling like rock sides and it looks like an actual rock ladder. Loved that. I loved the puzzle in order to solve, in order to shoot the rock off of the, uh, the, the, the hill to, to drop on the trampoline, which shoots the other rock. Uh, and, and you hit the banana tree, you hit your own ship for accommodation and you knock the monkey idol down. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Just, just absolutely great. Solving things like the, uh, the, um, um, the, the banana grease, um, solving things like, uh, trapping. Um, I don't remember his name now, but the, the crazy old man in the woods trapping him with his own trap in order to get stuff. There was a lot of just fun interactions. And again, it was a system that some people I don't think enjoyed because 
you weren't handed a book and basically guide through, okay, take four paces this way, turn left, take three paces this way to a crab painting. And then, you know what? It wasn't like that. It was kind of just a generic, hey, here's Monkey Island. I'm going to give you a few little bits of information. Here's your objective. Go figure it out. And I enjoyed that. I enjoyed going around and exploring. I don't think they needed to add more instruction. Now, I know some people want more instruction um, because of the timeline, right? The third one took well over three hours. Um, I don't remember the complete length. Um, it is all three of them are on the Pirate Talk Radio YouTube on a live stream that you could go back and watch if you would like. I know several of you left comments about how watching us uh, solve these puzzles, uh, you were yelling at your monitor because we were being idiots but you know that's how it is but we had a lot of fun but there were there were a lot of issues there were a lot of issues so let's kind of talk through a few of those one there were several places in this one where you could get stuck and i feel bad if you were a solo player because if you got stuck in some of these areas and did not have the ability to um, kill your pirate either through fire or blunder bombs you basically had to restart <sighs> That, that was, that was really rough for me to see. Thankfully, um, we were in a crew. So, um, when Logan got stuck in one of these locations that you can't get unstuck from, thankfully we were able to come and have the deployables or the throwables in order to get him unstuck, or he would have been stuck there, uh, and couldn't finish the adventure. There were a lot of audio bugs with this one where there were sounds that followed different NPCs around that were not the sounds that fit the environment that they were, um, they were doing, um, which kind of ruined the overall immersion and overall, um, auditory, ex um, expansion or, ex um, experience when you're going through this, the music was fantastic. Um, the voiceovers for the actual characters were great, but those audio bugs really did detract. <clears throat> Another piece that showed that this was undercooked and not done in the very beginning, it was promised that everything would be fully voiced over. So the journals and everything like that would be fully voiced over. That was the case with one and two. Unfortunately, in three, the only thing that were voiced over were the actual characters and the inkwell spots um, where Guybrush told you some stuff. The, <coughs> the pages and the journals did not make it uh, to the voiceover. And that was a little disappointing because that was something I really enjoyed in the first two is whoever wrote that journal or the page in, uh, in the first uh, two monkey Island tall tales, you kind of got a different feeling. You got a different emotion hearing the voice of that particular character retell what they had written down. It was very nice and it was lovely to have. And I, and again, I hope they do more of that in the future because it really did change how tall tales feel in order to heal hear directly from that character. It just added a different emotion and it added a different ability to learn that character and that character's story. Unfortunately, in this one, that didn't get done. Again, I don't know if they ran out of time. I don't know if they forgot, but none of the journals or the pages were actually voiced over for the third one. And that was a promised feature um, when this first came out. And it was in the first two, but didn't make it to the third. So I think they just ran out of time. Again, Rare is getting criticized by me and up one way and down the other for not hitting timelines. They set themselves a very aggressive timeline of release 
releasing these each and every month. They have executed, even though some have been very close to the end of the month, they have executed. And I just think on this last one, time just got away from them, probably polishing up the first two. They just didn't get the polish in the third one, which is unfortunate because this is the one that's going to stick in my mind as the worst one. And it's going to stick in my mind as the unpolished one. So now instead of having an epic finale uh, of an epic tall tale, now I'm just going to just kind of remember the monkey Island of lots of laughs, lots of fun bugs and unfinished. And that's not how I wanted to leave it, especially with the enjoyment um, that I got. We always remember the bad over the good. That's just how people are. Um, the last piece that I kind of wanted to talk about was the lead up and the finale. So getting down to the lair of LeChuck uh, through the cave was a lot of fun, but it was also very frustrating. Um, Guybrush was very laggy and jerky, and you weren't quite sure when he was going to stop. You didn't know if he was following you. The head kind of spun in weird directions, and it was a labyrinth, but it's just for me, it was... It was just kind of awkward and clunky. Guybrush himself, the ghost of Guybrush, he didn't even move right. Like there was just, he just didn't move right. Um, and so that was a little rough, but the the overall um, canvas, the painting that was done for these caves, for the labyrinth was beautiful. Like it reminded me a lot of Heart of Fire, but updated graphics. Like I thought the rock walls were beautiful. The lava flows were nice. It gave you this really like enclosed, almost claustrophobic feel in places that you were really kind of, you know, almost like the Goonies going through the different little pieces and parts, um, trying to find uh, Willie's treasure, right? It was a really well done and artistically done. Well, then we get to the final boat ride where we're, char we're charging after LeChuck, um, you know, Elaine and Guybrush are on the, uh, uh, the bow chasers blowing up rocks, shooting at LeChuck. If you keep your eyes straight ahead, it looks beautiful. Don't look up. And I'm sorry if you didn't look up. And now when you go back and replay it, you're going to look up. The skybox is not done. It's not done at all. So the skybox is just a black paint, like a wall, a black wall, like the walls in this room, black wall. The stalactites, stalagmites, and rocks are literally floating in air because you can see all the way up to the base of the stalactite stalagmite, and some are kind of tilted in, and you can see gaps there between the rock and the black ceiling. It doesn't look good. It literally looks like they forgot to texture the entire uh, skybox of that cave. And it could have made it so much more beautiful if they finished that. I don't know if they forgot about it. I don't know if it was just something they didn't get done. So instead of, you know, mismatching it in, they just left it black and said, oh, it's just darkness up there. It's clearly not because you've got floating stalactites, stalagmites and rocks hanging from nothing. Um, so that was a little disappointing, but the ending battle in the giant on the boat, mind you, I'm just going to call it the ending battle. Cause that's how it should have ended. So we'll call it the ending battle. And then we'll talk about what happened afterwards, which was a complete disappointment. Um, 
So the ending battle, the boat battle was absolutely fantastic. That to me, if they for if they ever thought about bringing arena back, that is what arena should be sailing around in this open cavern with all these, um, these pillars that you can hide behind and move behind and harpoon around and fighting ships. That would be an absolutely outstanding last boat standing, uh, match. Put it in lava for all I care. So if someone jumps off to board, they die. That would be so good. Just make it a ship-on-ship combat. Sure, you could ram your ship into someone else, and you could get on board, whatever. Um, but but at the end, it's ship-versus-ship combat. It was absolutely fun. The, the maneuvering around and harpooning turns around, and giving the broadside to LeChuck, it was absolutely fantastic. And in all honesty, I would have been happy if that's where it ended. If that is where we defeated LeChuck. Unfortunately, it was not. Unfortunately, LeChuck's ship goes down and he's some floating angel guy that steals Elaine and Guybrush off our ship. The voodoo lady comes and takes us back to Melee Island where we find LeChuck getting married to Elaine. And... That was a cool moment. The pirate Lord comes. LeChuck really shows the power of uh, the burning blade. I think they could have done a better job of the name considering the ship is called the burning blade. They could have done something else like the curse, the, the, the cursed sword of souls or the burning. Ah, it wasn't a good name choice. Anyways, um, that moment where LeChuck really shows the power of that sword, um, you know, completely uh, incapacitating us and the pirate Lord himself, uh, with the sword and was only, we were only able to escape from that situation, um, because, and I can't remember the name, the hot redhead at the Island, um, comes through the, the stained glass window and interrupts his concentration and, 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 and knocks the sword to the ground and LeChuck Fleas. Now, what I think would have been cool is if we picked up the, 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 the sword of souls and guy brush, like jumped some root beer on it. And then we have this epic sword fight with LeChuck utilizing the blade that he had just dropped on the ground. That was now empowered by root beer, which hurts um, him and hurts his minions. But instead we go outside and we proceed to do the exact same horrible system Really not fun system, non-climactic system of retorts and insults with LeChuck. And you proceed to do that for the next 20 minutes until the pirate Lord shows up, opens a box with root beer. You spray him, you do a couple more insults, you spray him again, you win. It was really a lame finish with something in my mind that was leading up to something very epic. So many bad decisions were made after that boat battle to finish that tall tale that in my mind leaves this tall tale as probably the worst that they have done. It's definitely the worst in monkey Island. And I would say with that ending, regardless of what the lead up was, the ending matters. It's the ending of the series and it's the ending of the tall tale. I would say this tall tale is the worst tall tale that they have done just because of the ending. It didn't leave you excited. It didn't leave you um, wondering what happens next. It didn't do anything whatsoever except 
you sat there and beat the hell out of them with a sword until you had a selection box. Select correctly or wrong. And if you select wrong, you just keep doing it over and over and over again until you win. And that to me is a bad, boring system. And it wasn't exciting whatsoever to end. The boat battle was cool. And then it just fell apart. There were so many opportunities for them to do different things to end that in an epic and outstanding way to tie off the Monkey Island DLC expansion, whatever you want to call it. There's so many good ways for them to tie it off, and they really just miss the board on every single one of them. And it really just, the excitement after that boat battle was so high. Our our crew was like, on it they were ha- we were having fun we were excited and then our excitement level just so i won't even slay slowly when we found out that it was retort and insult and we were hoping it was just a quick one right and then it kept going our excitement level in that tall tale plummeted and like at, at the end it was literally Doug, myself, and Carrillo standing back with uh, root beer while Logan just sat there, blocked LeChuck, got to the the insult thing, did the insult, shot him with root beer. We just sat there. There was not an engaging piece for the entire crew. Um, in all honesty, if it was a single player, there's not really much engagement there either. It was it was just lame. It was a bad finish. And I hate to say it, I had a lot of fun with Monkey Island, but because of that ending, I put this going down as the worst tall tale that they've done. And that hurts me because I had a lot of fun all the way up until that ending. But the ending is everything. That is how you cap it off. If you have a delicious cake, and then someone comes and just smears shitty icing all over it and drops crap on it and it looks like garbage, you eat with your eyes before your mouth. And if it looks like shit, I'm not eating it. Sorry, I'm not. If it looks like garbage, I'm not eating it. And just like in a tall tale, the finishing touches, that icing, the decoration, what makes it memorable before you, that's what you will remember is the lame excitement killing ending of the tall tale. And, and it sucks. It sucks. I do need to go back still in a hundred percent. All three. I have not done. So I believe there is a bug currently going on with a hundred percenting all three and getting that, uh, the shanty, the monkey Island shanty. Um, I believe it's, I, I I'm not sure. I just saw something about it, but I need to go back in a hundred percent, all three and finish them up. Um, I just haven't done so. I haven't quite frankly had the time, but I thought it was a good attempt. I thought overall they executed well. Um, I really enjoyed one, two and three up through the boat battle. I thought it was well done. Uh, three again, unpolished, uncooked, unfinished, but still a lot of fun. It's just the ending just sapped whatever remaining hope I had out of it and just left me wanting more, left me wanting a good ending and just left me very disappointed. So again, I think with how they change their tall tale system with this new point and click system with this new, we're not going to tell you exactly where things are. We want you to kind of adventure around and figure it out. Loved it. Um, love the fact that we got full voiceovers in one and two. That was absolutely outstanding. Disappointed. We didn't get that in three. Um, just, I, I had a lot of fun with monkey Island. I just wish they would have completely polished and finished up the third one. Like they did in one and two, one and two still weren't perfect, 
but they were way more polished than number three. <clears throat> Guys, leave me a comment on the YouTube video if you would. Drop into the Discord. All that information is down in the show notes. Please let me know what you thought about Monkey Island. Um, let me know if you enjoyed it. Let me know if you noticed some of the bugs and issues that I um, noticed. What did you think about it? Did you think it was as successful as Pirates of the Caribbean? Did you think it was better? Did you think it was as successful as the original Tall Tales? What did you like? What did you didn't like about it? How was your community weekend? Let me know that too in the comments. But guys, until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. And I'll see you next week on Pirate Talk Radio.